0: I'm Bill Grudy, and welcome to Fire Talk from the Canocti Fire Save Council. It is October 25th. Rain is falling outside here in Lake County, California, and we are crossing our fingers and hoping that we are coming out of fire season. Please. We have an interesting and informative interview coming up with District 5 Supervisor Jessica Piska, who I'm going to say has literally been baptized by fire and has been on the front lines fighting for fire resiliency here for many years. For those of you who live locally, this will be an informative update on what's going on. And for those of you who are joining us from elsewhere, it will be an interesting window into what it takes to shore ourselves up against the threat of wildfire. Before we get going, a little bit of housekeeping. We have our Lessons from Lahaina series, which has been a huge success. This is a program put together by retired Battalion Chief John Knoll, who is a member of our board, and CAL FIRE Battalion Chief Brian York, who serves us up here in Lake County. They've taken a deep dive into what went on in Hawaii during the fires there, and they've projected those lessons forward to our own community. So they've had two uh, events so far. It's a great show. We're working on a third event that will happen hopefully before too long. And then we want to wrap all that up into a couple of podcast episodes. So if you're unable to get out and see one of their programs, you'll be able to hear a version of it right here. We're also going to take a a deep dive into a project that we're involved with at the Eli Stage Stop, uh, putting together a demonstration fire escape garden. People ask us all the time, you know, what should I do with my home to make it more fire resilient? What should I plant? What should I not plant? Well, we're in the process of putting together a garden that you can look at, having experts there who can talk to you about the plants that work and plants that don't work. We're going to do a, a dive into that. We do have a video about the beginning of that project on our website, um, www.KanoctiFireSafe.org. So you can check that out there, but there'll be a podcast version coming to this channel there too. But today, it is insights from the front lines of the effort to make our community resilient to the effects of wildfire. And we'll do that in just a moment. This is Kanocti Fire Talk. If a natural disaster comes knocking, how prepared is your family You can't just close the door on earthquakes, floods, or hurricanes and hope they go away. That's why it's important to make a plan now. Ready.gov slash plan has the tools and tips you need to prepare your family for an emergency. So if disaster shows up at your doorstep, you'll be ready. Visit ready.gov slash plan and make a plan today. Brought to you by FEMA and the Ad Council. Jessica Paiska, District 5 Supervisor, welcome to Fire Talk. Jessica, you've been on the front lines of the county's efforts to build fire resiliency for many years now on Cobb Mountain, I remember, and uh, of course as supervisor here in Lake County. Great to have you with us. You've been a longtime friend of the Canocti Fire Safe Council, so thank you so much for coming on our program.
1: Well, good morning, Bill. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Yes, I have been doing this work um, pretty intently since my house burned down in 2015 in the Valley Fire. I lost most of my community, um, all of my neighborhood, and I, as my family and I, decided to come back to Lake County to um, rebuild our home. We also were focusing on rebuilding our community and with that building in resiliency so that no one else has to experience this again.
0: I was going to ask you uh, about that, but also about, you know, does your interest in in fire related issues uh, go back further than just the Valley Fire or was the Valley Fire some kind of seminal event that just really changed your life?
1: My uncle was part of the South Lake Fire Safe Council for years. And when I moved back to Lake County in 2005, he was um, serving and they had just developed an evacuation plan. And so he made sure I had it. We talked a lot about what to do. He would say during fire weather, he would, he would sleep with his clothes on and he had his shoes and his socks tucked into his shoes and he was ready to go at any moment's notice. And back in those days, I honestly, I thought he was a little paranoid, Mm -hmm. Uh, but I did listen to him and I heeded his warnings and I kept my, um, my evacuation plan handy. I also found out shortly after we bought our house that we were in an incredibly high fire danger area. We live on the top of a ridge, so we have the upslope with lots of manzanita right below us. And then um, uh, we lived in a pine forest. So we were told early on that um, if there was a fire with the upslope and the wind, our homes would not be saved. Mm. So the fire safe council back then put in one of the first fire breaks and had the convict crew come and clear about a hundred feet behind our home. I think that was in 2007. So there were a lot of things that were happening that I was semi-involved with, but but really watching. And so when the fire did happen, it, you know, I had a little bit of experience. But it wasn't something I was fully invested with until after.
0: You know, what got me thinking about having you on the show right now, I, we we did want to have you on the show uh, at, at some point, but uh, I saw your Facebook post about the work that's going on in the Black Forest along Soda Bay Road. And for the benefit of... Um, of- our, some of our listeners, and we're finding that our listeners are quite far flung and not just here in Lake County, but from as far away as New Zealand and Australia. And the last episode even captured people from uh, from Hawaii. So uh, the black the black forest is a densely uh, forested area. I think north on the northeast slope of uh, Mount Kanocti, a volcano, uh, adjacent to the community of uh, Buckingham in uh, in Lake County and along Soda Bay Road, and it it brings together um, the BLM. It brings together county people, uh, the tribal folks. Uh, it's kind of a poster child for the complexities of the issues that we face. You know, with uh, Building this whole these programs of, of fire resiliency. So, um, what I wanted to start with is just to kind of get your assessment of what you saw there and and how things are going and and what's the state of affairs in that area.
1: So, first, I just want to recognize that is incredible reach you have with this program. Congratulations! I know that this is. Um, With climate change, this is weighing on everybody's mind. There really isn't a place that doesn't have fire risk any longer. So the the black forest has been a complicated issue um, since before I took office. There is a very small, small comparatively um, area owned by the BLM right near where all these people live on a one on a two lane road, one way in one way out, if there's a a fire. So this is an an area that really needs a lot of um, constant forest work. So, and and it's, it's the fuels management that hasn't been happening. Now the, the BLM has a big investment right now. There's a whole lot of investment with the U S forest service and BLM and Cal fire, but because of the size of the parcel, it does not get a lot of attention and we don't have a lot of local capacity through BLM. So there has been planned work for a long time. It, it was being pushed pretty, um, pretty urgently with Congressman Thompson over the last two years in DC, because we weren't getting the traction that we needed. So we, and because of the steep, steep slope, um, it, it has to be done by hand a lot of it. Along the roadway it's a it's a little more gradual, but the but the rest of the property is pretty steep. So I've been out there with cal fires, with ex- excavators, and and there's very little that can be done with without hand crews. And as you know, we don't have the convict crews available that we used to. So it's been complicated for a long time. And Bill, as you know from our work together, I like to layer projects, layer funding opportunities. Uh, and here we are finally making progress. Phase one is a um, a grant from the Resource Conservation District to do roadside clearing. The grant was through pg and So they have hired the Hogback crew to get in there and remove um, the brush. And so they were doing 60 feet from the center line. And that crew started work last week. The next phase is to get um, clerk in there with the fire safe council grant the evacuation grant to remove the standing dead trees now what complicated this was that PG&E went in and cut down a lot of trees and left them in sensitive areas and there was a cease and desist by BLM uh, complicating the whole process and so last year all the work was halted We are experiencing heavy tree mortality in that area, in the Black Forest. There's a lot of doug firs that are dying rapidly. So it's not just the ladder fuels, it's the trees. So phase two, I'm told, is going to be in the next couple of weeks because that grant has to be finished up by March. So we have funding to remove about 100 trees from the the corridor. And I, I think that your group, Canocti Fire Safe Council, has identified several in that Black Forest area. Yeah. So then, phase three is the MOU with uh, between the BLM and Terra, the Tribal Eco Restoration Alliance, which is a tribal group that has kind of sprung up as a need for fuels management, but also to go back to cultural ways of um, treating the land with good fire. So once the bulk of the heavy work is out of the way with the big brush clearing and the tree removal, Tara will be in there consistently managing that land with the BLM. So layering lots of opportunities and a big collaboration through all these different partners.
0: You know, uh, one question that I get about that area is what's going to what's it going to look like at the end. Um, you know, people drive by now and they see the uh, the down trees and the logs. Is it the plan to leave those in place and just get rid of the tinder, um, or what? What What is your expectation of what that will ultimately look like?
1: So it's complicated with the logs because they were felled in a sensitive area, and it, and it's difficult to you know take those massive trees out of the sensitive area without causing a lot of damage. Typically, we don't want down logs and trees anywhere near homes because that could be fuel. But out in the forest, it's part of the natural process. And once a, a if a full tree is laying on the ground in the forest, this is what um, Chief Duncan tells me, it actually absorbs a lot of water and it holds that water throughout the season. And so the bigger it is, the less fire hazard it is. Unless it's close to a home, which a lot of times the the, the trees will be cut up into rounds, very dry, um, and next to a home, very dangerous. But out in the forest, it's part of the natural process to have trees on the ground. So I don't know at the end of the day how many of those trees will be removed and how many will be left for um, decomposition and contributing to forest health. But that is something to consider. We don't want them near homes. And we kind of don't really want them right next to the evacuation area. But in the forest, it's it's perfectly natural.
0: You know, something else that's going on in our region that's really uh, important, and uh, maybe we don't talk about it enough, is that, that big grant for home hardening that affects a lot of folks in, in our area, uh, mainly in uh, the Kelseyville Riviera community. Can you tell me how that's going and uh, what sort of progress we're making there?
1: I'm so excited about this program. Thank you for bringing it up. So about two years ago, we were contacted by, and I say we, the county contacted by Cal Fire and Cal OES. They have formed a JPA, the California um, Wildfire Mitigation. uh, I think that's what it's called. And their pilot program is to um, roll out home hardening programs throughout the state. And they, they selected three counties. And It was San Diego, Shasta County and Lake County and Lake County was chosen because of our fire history, but they also wanted a demonstration community that was dense um, because the idea is to harden a community, a cluster of homes, because homes actually become the fuel in a fire event. And so when we drove uh, the Cal Fire and Cal Cal OES folks around our county, we had 10 different communities for them to consider. They looked at the Kelseyville Riviera. They looked at the income, low to moderate income was the requirement. And the bulk of the people that live there fit into that. Uh, They chose that community because it was going to um, help them develop a pilot program successfully. All the homes were built Mostly in the 80s and 90s, so before the the building codes that were uh, they were adopted in 2008 and I think uh, enforced in 2010 that have um a lot stricter codes that help with with you know to keep your house from burning down. So that program we had North Coast Opportunities join the team. They are actually rolling out the program. They've been working with Cal OES and Cal Fire for the last two years, we meet every other week. Uh, They've hired on a lot of staff. They applied for the FEMA grant. So the FEMA grant um, is $22 million. And then this JPA, Cal Fire and Cal OES is providing the match. So each home can get up to $40,000 of defensible space and home hardening. And the defensible space is the most important um, part of that to get approved. The homeowner has to agree to having defensible space. If they have to have vegetation removed, you know, these, these are the things that need to happen to harden their home. And then they have to um, promise to keep it up for 20 years. And then um, the next step is to harden the homes. They're going to be looking at windows, at venting, at siding, Um, even decks, because we know that decks, wooden decks and wooden fences are basically fuses to burn your house down. So there are some mitigation, um, efforts that you can, you can put metal pieces in to separate your deck from your home. There's a lot of things that can do that we can do. So there's a whole assessment process that's been happening um, a platform that's developed for our tablets for the team to go out and assess homes, assess defensible space, and then make the recommendations for the home. Okay. So we're very close to starting. Uh, Northwest Opportunities has a team. You can go onto their website and and fill out the paperwork to be considered for the project if you live in Kelseyville Riviera. I'm hoping in the next few months, we'll get to the point where we can begin with our demonstration homes We're going to do 25 the first year and then scale up so that we're doing 500 homes over the next three years.
0: How has acceptance been so far?
1: There's a lot of interest. The NCO team has a long list of people that are interested and ready to go. Now, they've worked with CAL FIRE to find the areas in the community that would be most beneficial if there's a wind-driven fire event. So there's been a lot of consideration on where to start, but the idea is to cluster the homes so that people are a lot safer. The homes are a lot safer. If you just harden one home and the rest of the homes are not hardened, then likely you're still going to have a total loss. So this is the new strategy from the state is to make these investments before we have a disaster and lessen the, um, I mean, the billions of dollars it costs to to recover from these fire events all throughout the country.
0: Yeah, I think looking forward makes a natural shift to planning. There have been, you know, a lot of um, big planning stories the past couple of weeks. Uh, we've uh, been talking with uh, Lauren Piku of Headway Transportation about the evacuation plan that's underway um, being produced for the Soda Bay Road corridor. And uh, the supervisors recently approved the um, or adopted the community wildfire protection plan But um, something I think is important to talk about, a lot of people I talk to, when they hear about plans, they they say, oh, my gosh, another plan. Do we need a plan? How about action? So maybe you can help us to understand a little bit about how this sort of planning does lead to action eventually and and about its necessity as an ingredient in the, the whole process of building resiliency.
1: Sure. So with the CWPP, and that is the Community Wildfire Protection Plan, Uh, which was first developed and adopted in 2009 for our county. And that lists um, a lot of the priority projects. Now, they're pretty broad so that we can write grants to, um, to work on those projects. And even though our our old CWPP was out of date, we were still able to use that to write grants. And so our friends at CLERC, Clear Lake Environmental Research Center, Fire Safe Council, RCD, Resource Conservation District, TARA, everyone has been using that document to qualify for grants. And we've been getting down to the wire of when it's uh, too old. So what we we put in all of our grants this last year, we're working on it, we're adopting it, it'll be adopted uh, very soon. Same with our hazard mitigation plan, which is in the final stages of being adopted from the county. So the reason these plans are important um, is because it calls out the needs for our community and in our county. And then we use that for going after the funding. The projects are there, then we need to implement them. So it's not like it's a lot of people say it's been sitting on the shelf. And we did not the we did not update it soon enough. Everyone agrees we have to get into a uh, um Well, what we've made some changes is we put a lot of the projects in the appendix so they can be routinely updated without going for a full adoption. So that's going to be helpful. So we've really thought a lot about how we keep the plan relevant. But at the end of the day, if we ever want to go after any funding for projects, we lean on the CWP and we have to make sure that we keep it uh, updated. Now, with the evacuation planning, this is so exciting because we got this grant and this is a partnership between the Connaughty Fire Safe Council and the County Public Works Department um, to develop this so that everyone's on the same page when we have an, an emergency. We don't have miscues and misreads. We've done the, the legwork ahead of time. But now we're about to go into a general plan update for the county and we have an, an element that requires county-wide evacuation planning. So this is actually this work that we've done bill together is the legwork and hopefully the template to roll this out for the rest of the county because now it's required all counties are required to have this in their safety element.
0: Now as you uh, travel around the county uh, uh hearing from your constituents about fire related problems what what are they telling you what are their concerns what uh, what are you hearing from from folks?
1: Well, the standing dead trees are a big, big issue. Everyone's afraid of that because not only will they fall in the roads and cause evacuation issues, but they'll fall in their homes and kill people. And so we really need to have a program where we can assist homeowners to get those hazard trees away from their homes and out of their communities. And we've been writing that into grants, too. Haven't been really successful with that, unfortunately, but I'm go- we're going into another round of grant funding. Uh, actually, two different grants we're writing in um, programs to help homeowners with tree removal. Trees can cost thousands of dollars to remove. And they will only affect, you know, they could affect not just the homeowner, but the community around them. The other issue is defensible space. As you know, because you work with your homeowners association, we need everybody to have defensible space around their homes. The Fire Safe Council just um, got a grant for, I think it's up to $2,500 for a homeowner who is a senior or low income. Um, there's a couple other requirements. We're just rolling that program out right now because again, we need everybody to have defensible space. So I think the hazard trees and defensible space are the things that people are thinking about a lot. Um, hopefully we're moving out of fire season. i I really hope we did get some rain this week, but I noticed I got a weather alert that this weekend we're going to have some fire weather. So that means heat and wind. Yeah. So everyone just <laughs> please stay vigilant this weekend.
0: Well, Jessica, I, I, I want. I have to. We have to wrap it up. But I, I just want to mention. Uh, uh, I think it's important that you've decided to seek re-election uh, as District Five Supervisor. I have to ask you how the campaign is going. Um, are your signatures in place and petitions filed? And are you all dressed up and ready to go?
1: Oh yes, I've got every. I've got my signatures in. Um, I have a lot of support rolling in. It's. It's. It- <laughs> it really makes me feel wonderful to have um, built these relationships with so many people and, and being able to communicate with them over the years and to understand and feel their support. Um, We have a lot of work to do. This is not something we can ever take our foot off the gas on. We need to continue the collaboration. We need to continue working forward. And I am just so humbled by the outpouring support from so many people across district five. And I'm really excited to run again. This is it, it's a shorter cycle. Hopefully we can be done in March. Um, there's only three candidates, so I, I'm hoping we can wrap this up in March. It's a long haul to go to the full election, the general election, but I'm ready. I'm ready. This is this is what I do. And I um, and I and I love this work. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to another term.
0: I do have to mention that we are an equal opportunity um, program and organization. And if other candidates have thoughts on on fire related issues, we invite them to to, uh, to contact us. We'd, we'd love to have have them come on and, and talk as well. Um, thank you so much, Jessica, for being with us. And thank you for your support over the uh, over the years of our efforts and, and the county's efforts as well.
1: Well, thank you for having me, Bill. I always, um, I look forward to our conversations. We have done a lot together and I, I, um, I look forward to working together in the years to come.
0: That's it for this episode of Kanocti Fire Talk. This program is produced by the Kanocti Fire Safe Council in Lake County, California. I'm Bill Grudy and we'll see you next time.